everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. I'm Yolanda Schroeder, and I will be telling you about some of the main stories that made news this week, which is the 10 September issue. With me in the studio is Janine Ryan, who will be discussing the main feature in the latest issue of the magazine. Hi, Janine. Which article will you be discussing? Hi, Yolanda. So just before um, discussing the livestock article for this week, I want to quickly look at the cover. The 10 September issue has a special focus on machinery. And one of the articles in this focus is about on-farm robots and how small smart robots are becoming more um, popular than larger machinery. Also in this focus is an article explaining how to choose the right tractor for your farm and how drones are being used for spraying crops. So now onto the livestock feature. So this week we visit Helena Ruit in Fred Ruit. Ruit breeds exotic chickens for the show ring. And um, she explains that chicken breeding is a complex and capital intensive operation with good quality hens selling for between 700 and 1200 rand each. She says it costs about her about 600 rand to raise one show chicken to point of late six to seven months old. However, there is money to be made as she sells eggs at around 80 rand an egg. She has clients in South Africa and Botswana. Uh, while she only started her operation six years ago, Red says that she now hardly buys in birds as this is risky in terms of disease. She thus focuses on using and establishing her own bloodlines. Her flock consists of numerous chicken breeds, including the Brahma, Speckled Sussex, um, Wine Dot, and Light Sussex. She also breeds waterfowl and pigeons. Her chickens are fed commercial feed and are supplemented with maize and sunflower seed. The hens also receive layer pellets and additional maize is supplied in winter. She also gives her chickens fresh vegetables <laughs> on a daily basis. Uh, she says pumpkin is particularly good for the birds and acts as a natural dewormer. The birds are vaccinated against Newcastle disease after the breeding period, and the respective breeds are kept apart from each other in small groups, usually four hens to a rooster in three meter by three meter pens. She says that her hands-on approach to raising her chickens helps her keep an eye on their health and well-being. Thanks, Janine. Now it's over to the news. The main story of the week is a new cooperation agreement between Cape Wools and the Australian Wool Exchange, which now provides mutual recognition of both entities' sustainability standards. The agreement promises to, to create a more efficient and cost-effective certification process along the entire wool value chain and pave the way for joint certification between the standards. Other stories we are featuring include the National Council of Societies for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals that is in the process of opening a case of animal cruelty after the discovery of lions being kept in appalling conditions on a farm in the Free State. A bit further afield, a company in Lesotho has shipped 8.5 tons of certified cannabis to the European medical cannabis market, including tetrahydrocannabinol and cannabinoid flower and trim. This week, we are also introducing a new segment in which we will feature the agricultural industries of countries across Africa. The first country we will be looking at is Egypt. Agriculture is a significant contributor to Egypt's economy. However, in recent years, the country has faced 
serious challenges in producing food for a growing population in a sustainable manner. Ancient Egyptian civilization developed one of the world's first agriculture systems. The agricultural practices of ancient Egyptians allowed them to grow staple food crops, especially grains. In addition, ancient Egyptians practiced a kind of sustainable agriculture by adapting their farming along the Nile Valley to the ecological condition, which allowed their civilization to thrive and endure. Okay, so Yulinda, to what extent does agriculture feature in modern Egypt? Well, today agriculture is a key component of the Egyptian economy and provides livelihoods for about 55% of the population, which is largely rural. The agricultural sector accounts for about 17% of the country's GDP and about 20% of its foreign exchange earnings. Crops such as cotton, rice, wheat and clover cover 80% of the cultivated area of the country. Agriculture is also a source of raw material for a number of economic sectors, including the cotton industry. I believe the country has remarkable biodiversity. Yes, and its agricultural production, food security and environmental conservation depend to a large extent on this remarkable biodiversity. It is home to more than 3,000 plant species. And the country's agrobiodiversity encompasses not just its wide variety of species and genetic resources, but also the numerous practices that farmers employ to use, enhance, and conserve this diversity. However, Egypt's biological richness and unique seed heritage is currently at risk as the country is experiencing a sharp decline in its crop biodiversity from the levels that existed only a few decades ago. This is due to drought, the impact of improved commercial seeds, as well as arguably outdated environmental and developmental policies. Just going back to the um, 17% of GDP, um, to put that into perspective, I read this morning that um, South Africa's agriculture sector only contributes about 2% to GDP. So 17% is quite a large contribution. I didn't know that. Okay, so um, tell me a bit about Egypt's approach to food security. The country takes a broad view of food security, recognizing that with limited arable land and water resources, it will never be self-sufficient in grains, vegetable oil and animal proteins, and thus 40% of Egypt's imports are food and agricultural products. For, for the US, Egypt is primarily a bulk commodity destination and it includes soya bean, cotton and maize. In 2018, U.S. food and agricultural exports to Egypt grew to 1.94 billion U.S. dollars, which is about 27.8 billion rand, which was up nearly 145% from the previous year. The leading imports were maize, soya bean, wheat, cotton, beef and beef products, feeds and fodders, dairy products, soya bean meal, vegetable oils, and tree nuts. 
Egypt's major agricultural exports are potatoes, cotton and fresh fruit, primarily citrus. Most of Egypt's exports are destined for the EU, Russia, North Africa and the Middle East. In 2018, Egyptian exports of foods and agricultural products to the U.S. reached a record 151 million U.S. dollars, which is about 2.2 billion rand, which was up 19% um, compared to the previous year. The main exports to the U.S. included processed fruit, vegetables, spices, essential oils, and herbs. Okay, and then finally, how is the Ethiopian Renaissance Dam affecting Egypt's agriculture? Well, Egypt has close ties to the Nile River, which supplies it with a long strip of fertile, fertile soil that extends across the desert. But relations between Ethiopia and Egypt has been on edge ever since the former Deccan construction of this controversial Renaissance Dam in 2011. The dam is expected to become Africa's largest source of hydropower. But the water supply for both Sudan and Egypt would significantly decrease, and this dam would give full control of the water supply of the Blue Nile to Ethiopia. The Cairo therefore feels it will seriously affect the water supply from the Nile River that provides almost all the country's water needs. That's it for the week. Please follow us on our social media pages at Farms with the SA. Until next time, keep safe and happy farming.